Today on the Tim Manor Podcast Show, we've got Josh Fletcher, performance coach and the owner of Blueprint. What is Blueprint, Josh? Career Blueprint is a company which I set up maybe three, four years ago now. Yeah. And originally it was to support performance practitioners or anyone who worked in sport behind the scenes. like physios. So it's called Career Blueprint, yeah. that's my bad story. Yeah, no, it's good. So... S&C coaches, physios, uh, coaches themselves, anyone who is behind the scenes who essentially just get beaten around and taken advantage of. We, we, that's my background. We spend a lot of time, our whole lives, careers, focusing on everyone else's well-being, and ours just goes down the gutter. Really unregulated industry where you can be the in thing one day and gone tomorrow. There's no HR, there's no, there's no protection, there's no nothing. So I set up. Uh, this this company with the idea of giving practitioners support in understanding how to look after themselves a little bit, little, little bit more effectively, how to create their own elite performance environment, how to not give everything away to other people so there's nothing left for themselves, and how to exit the industry if that's what they're looking to do, how to progress, how to build, how to how to you know, just challenge them a little bit outside of their conventional belief systems, really. Where's that come from then? Where's, where's, where's your sort of journey started, Josh? Well, I think it's just a, it's a relentless pursuit of more and better. So it was just non-stop consistently more and better always. Um, in 2016, I, uh, I fell asleep behind the wheel, um, on the motorway and, uh, I, I woke up on the side of the motorway, like accelerated down, brake down. At the same time, it's actually quite tough to do if you think about how you drive a car. Um, and I got woken up by cars going past, horns blaring, um, and that woke me up. Um, and I'd hit the wall because I'm massively burnt out. And that burnout was a result of me grinding and driving really hard in an industry where I was obsessive and there's so many people in that field who are obsessive. What industry was it in that you were in? I was a strength and conditioning coach, or I kind of still am, I'm transitioning into kind of the well-being and corporate yeah. well-being space now. But essentially, essentially, um, I've just gone foot down and only two things happen when you when you go foot down. You either hit something, if you keep your foot down long enough, or you, um, or you, you run out of gas. And pretty much both of those things happen simultaneously. I was... And I don't say any of this stuff to, I'm not glorifying any of it. I'm very much anti-grind now, but it's, um, I was leaving the house before six, four days a week and getting back after 10, four days a week. Uh, and I imposed that upon myself because I was getting some real shitty treatment in the job, um, essentially bullied by this guy that was in a position of power and authority. Uh, my only solution was to work harder. Um, so I doubled down. I went and got a second job to keep my love for the industry. Um, and uh, it's not sustainable. <clears throat> These things, you just can't go and go and go and, and eventually it'll catch up with you. Um, Is this why you set up Career Blueprint? Because you, you, that's happened to you, you don't want it to happen to other people. I know that, so throughout my whole career, I've kind of been a lone ranger. So I've just done everything myself. I've never had a mentor. I just, just cracked on. So I've done like 15, 16 years, just like foot down all for me, figuring everything out the hard way. And whilst you learn a lot from that, and, you, and there's a lot of like amazing things you can get from it and take away, 
it doesn't have to be that hard. Like I picked up a lot of scars and it was, I've kind of, kind of described my, that 17 years is like crawling along the path through gravel with no shoes, no, no nothing on your knees, just picking up all the scrapes along the way. But it leaves scars and it leaves scars like, which are quite, can be quite deep sometimes that don't actually need to be there. Like if you can just provide a little bit of guidance and support for people, how to create sustainability within your career, how to look after yourself, how to detach your identity from your job, how to, you know, be, be up, create boundaries and be absolutely all right with saying, no, I'm, I'm not doing that. Um, talk to me about boundaries, mate. Talk to me about that. And how does somebody with little boundaries put those in place? I know it's like a, not a one-size-fits-all, like, but just just give me some examples of that because it, it's a big thing putting boundaries in place for yourself. Yeah, it's massive um, and, and it's not easy and, and it's especially more difficult when you are in a role already if it's a work-related boundary. There's two types of boundary, in my opinion, anyway. There's the ones you need for yourself, like from yourself. So like, I do this every day because... I need to make sure that I'm in the right headspace for my day. So I'm going to say no to someone saying, do you want to come for a drink at 8.30 p.m., 9 o'clock, because I need to go to bed at this time. I, I'm going to make sure that I don't drink too much during the week or I don't drink at all during the week because I need to stay focused. Like, and protecting those and being really, really strict and kind of firm with yourself. So that's like the boundaries you have from yourself and with yourself. And then I suppose the boundaries that you have with other people is like personal and professional the, the personal ones relate to what type of I guess energy you'll allow into your life and what type of um, what who you'll give time to so you, you, like your biggest assets really your time your, your energy your money your love and your health and like how you kind of use those and how you invest those a lot of that comes down to boundaries. Like, I won't spend my money on that, I'll refuse. That's a boundary. I won't give time to that sort of person, that's a boundary. Like, I won't attract, allow drama into my life, that's a boundary, I'm gonna hold it at bay. So that's kind of the, the personal stuff. And then the professional stuff is like, <laughs> I always laugh because you think about a contract, right? If you're contracted to eight hours a day and you over deliver by an hour or two per day, over the course of a week, that's five additional hours or round that up. Let's say it's, you know, you, you, you over deliver by eight hours a week. Like divide your salary by five. Your monthly salary is divided by five. It's no longer, and that's your hourly rate now. So you're devaluing yourself. So when you kind of flip that a little bit and you put it in that different context, it just changes the way you think about it. But it's also, we're really, really awful just saying a, a fast yes and a slow no. So kind of flip it and say a fast no and a slow yes, or just let me get back to you on that. Like, let me think, let me have a little think about that. When we start to step outside the remits of our job and our boundaries relating to the, the job description and what, what we're actually delivering on, we're really bad at creating more work for ourselves generally, especially in the industry that I've worked in. We're really, really bad at putting everybody else first but also being able to communicate that with the people above. So let's say, well, I guess you are the boss, but let's say that you had a boss and your boss was saying, I need you to do this, 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 this. And you've got three key tasks, but they want you to do an additional two. The conversation can be a little bit like, well, I, I boss, just wanted to talk to you about the, 
the, the workload. Uh, we've got three key tasks that we've kind of identified as our big priorities that we absolutely have to get done. So I've got time for one of the additional tasks out of the five, which one do you want me to do? And frame it as an open-ended question and tell them or explain that you can spread yourself by five, but everything will reduce in terms of quality because there's only X amount of hours in the day. And then you know you, you, you kind of put it back onto them a little bit. You have to judge what, what comes back at you sometimes, especially where I've worked, it's just tough to get it done. And, and you find a way to get it done, but you have to articulate that and be aware that that's probably the first red flag coming at you. Um, but what type of people are you working with, Josh? Um, I was just about to say assholes then. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, my, my background, like, Olympic sport, so, um, like, GB Taekwondo, GB Water Polo, so a load of Olympic athletes. That was early in their career. Then I went into pro rugby, then moved from pro rugby into, did a bit of work in rugby league as well. Um, then moved to India did a year in India working in elite sport out there <coughs> helping set up some performance pathways in a, in a um, not quite an Olympic program but similar kind of model to that then I did I finished up that year in India did three and a half years in Romania with the special forces there what were you doing there? I set up the physical and mental performance pathway for Romanian special forces what does that look like? A physical bonkers, yeah. That's what it looks like. Is it? Yeah. So it's essentially helping to build a pathway for them to have the skills, both physical and mental, to be able to handle the rigors of what it is they need to go and do in their job, um, and set some foundations in place. So from a physical perspective, it would be ensuring that they, if they were to drop out of selection, that they would drop out for reasons of mental weakness and not physical so that they were robust enough to be able to handle what was going to be thrown mm. at them during a 21-day selection process, which, if you've seen the programme Who Dares Wins, it's, it's very similar, just a little bit more violent in real life. Uh, what sort of mental things are you, are you, are you, are you putting in place? What, what, does, what does that look like for special forces? Yeah, so it was towards the back end of the project that we started zooming in on that. Like The physical was the biggest problem initially, and then at the back end, it's like, okay, we've got some, some relatively solid foundations down. What can we do to... Uh, turn the dial a little bit in other areas um, so I was fortunate enough to go on a, um, a course with NATO Special Forces headquarters which was mental performance and resilience and we just did a lot a lot of work which is now what I personally do in my, my, my career group in business we did a lot of work around stress management and we did a lot of work around self-awareness self and situational awareness so it was helping the recruits that we're working with and the operators we're working with to understand that you can respond to stress and you don't have to react to it and drilling that so drilling it to the nth degree over and over and over can you talk to me about that mate what you just said then because that, that's a big thing that in it yeah 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 how does somebody do that how do you teach yourself to do that not yeah. reacting yeah 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 so the, the, there's a strategy that they use called the three R's. So recognize, reset, and refocus. So the three R's of stress management. So you recognize there's a stressful situation going on. So let's say well, I'm sat here, I've got two cameras poking at me. We've just, we've just met, I've got a microphone in my face. I'm recognizing this is a stressful situation. Now I'm taking 
I'm, I'm accepting that I've got an internal dialogue basically saying yeah you're under some stress here or accepting that and we understand that that's what's going on so the next phase is to reset so I'm going to do something physical I know that if I hold my stress up here I'm going to relax my shoulders I'm going to breathe out for a little bit longer than I breathe in for so a longer exhalation than inhalation and uh, I'm going to do like I've done this a couple of times in this conversation already which is me just having some sort of physical cue to snap out of the stress the, the stressful situation so it can be anything it can be you can be biting the corner of your tongue you can push down on the top of your thumb you can pinch two fingers together so what does that do it so actually it just gets you out of your mind into your body so the, it's the same as the breath work we were briefly talking about yeah. uh, before we started it gets you out of your mind into your body and it buys you that little bit of time to choose what your next first step is or your first next Got step that, first so you essentially drill this over and over and over and over and over. You're almost like kind of grounding yourself and bringing yourself 100%. back to centre. 100%. It buys you that little bit of time to stop going down the rabbit hole, stop telling yourself stories, right. stop going with your biases and stop creating things that don't exist. Powerful. The, the past doesn't exist and the present, the future doesn't exist. It's just what you've got now. So everything's about bringing yourself back in. So you're refocusing that by doing something to bring you back in a lot of the guys will have a snap band as well so like a little elastic band here a snap and that like little physical shock just pulls you out of here just for a split second and back into your body breath is really really powerful so the military guys use a lot like loads of different variations and it's just a part of what they what do what kind of variations are they using they'll use box breathing so that'll be a great method to get out of the mind into the body and just regulate things down regulate They'll use some coherence breathing, so like uh, four, four, six, six, or some things that are level and the same. Like six, six is a is a is a good model for that. They'll use um, the the calming and refocusing style of breathing, which would be a longer exhalation than inhalation. So in for three, out for four, in for four, out for six, and then they'll use pauses within that cycle as well. Double sip, so like in twice through the nose, out through the mouth to really kind of separate not you can't separate mind from body but get out of your get out of your head for a bit right at a very short space of time and it's just enough to do the last part which is the the refocus that kind of re the reset is the physical the reset is, the refocus is like okay what is it i need to be doing what is it i'm supposed to be doing and what is my next first step so what's the next smallest thing I can do to get myself back on track to what it is I need to be doing and that process can take minutes it can take days it can take seconds like not days sorry it can take seconds split seconds so that model there imagine the military operators there they're outside the door they're clearing a house meaning they've got to go in and they've got to take out whatever they've got to complete an objective take out targets like the hostage situation and something happens to one of their team members before they go in and they've got a split second to reset to recognize reset and refocus they got literally seconds before they have to go in and do some something which is life or death these guys have drilled that strategy and that mechanism to such a point where they can go in and do do what they need to do to the level they need to do and almost kind of taxi rank the stressful situation and deal with it later um, it's incredible so that's the level that you can get to and I've got a really good example of myself recently like having to implement this in what 
I'd previously thought would have been one of the most stressful situations I could be in. I, I left my laptop um, on a plane and I lost a year and a half, a year, yeah, about a year and a half's worth of work. The whole of my business career blueprint gone, like gone, gone. The file was just no longer there. I saved it all in Dropbox, or I thought I had, but no, gone. Couldn't get the laptop back, couldn't get the files back. And not only that, but I'd lost eight months worth of work that I'd just done for, for a new contract job I was on. And I'm like, hmm, okay. It's a pretty stressful situation. And I just went through that process and then checked back in. How am I feeling? Well, pretty damn stressed still. Okay, I'm start again. How am I feeling? Yep, same. Start again, start again. Round and round and round and round and round. And within a really short space of time, I'd accepted what had gone on. I'd understood that I, this is an opportunity now, an opportunity for me to do the work again, but better. An opportunity for me to clear all the noise that was in there, all of those files and just zoom in on what actually is going to you know, bring, bring me business. And um, it, was, it was a really interesting process to, to actually see it live. And it's something I've been working on a lot for myself in the past two years, but to, to see it happen, I was like kind of really proud of the work that had to go in to getting that done after with, with such a stressful situation. So it really does work. It's really, really powerful. What stuff. I know we talked about before about your sort of morning routine and stuff, mate. What What is your morning routine? Putting everything that you've learned and practicing on yourself is a big thing, isn't it? Because, you know, I was talking to someone the other way, so it's all right listening to podcasts and reading books, but you're not, if you're not doing anything within them, for yourself it's like I don't what's the point in doing yeah. it just so you can tell someone else yeah work on yourself is the hardest work you'll ever do it's the hardest work I've ever done in my life like I don't think there's anyone who will be listening to this who's never done hard work like we've all been exposed and done hard work we've done physical work we've done mental mentally challenging work we've all done hard work but the hardest work I've ever done in my life is on myself because you've got to do it for yourself you've got to want to you've got to understand it you've got to really dig in and it's like an onion but what people don't really think about when an onion is that the closer to the actual center you get, the more, the more it's going to make you cry, the more upsetting it is, yeah. not upsetting to peel an onion, but the more challenging it is to, to peel an onion. It, it gets harder and harder and harder because the feelings are deeper and deeper. Yeah. And you get to the root cause. And once you finally get to the root cause, that's the point at which you can, you, you're there. But guess what? Like something else will come up and something else and something else. And then it's just continual journey. It just doesn't stop. So, your morning routine and, and 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 I talk about a lot about this. The morning routine is the one, the best morning routine is the one that someone will do, consistently and sustainably. The one that gives them something that resonates with them, yeah. that allows them to to feel what they want, which is focus, which is clarity, which is positivity, which is out your own head, which is like starting the day off how you want to, how you truly want to, but maybe understand how you want to start your day before you start building your routine. So I'm happy to share my routine, but that won't mean that much to everybody else because it might not be for everyone else. Yeah. I've actually just written a little, um, a little um, ebook on mastering your morning. It's called the anti 5am club because everyone thinks you've got to get up at 5am because these flipping influencers like yeah, go yeah. and say, you've got to start at 4.30 and you've got to do this. Which are dim influences. Yeah, yeah. Cause they are, it's just ridiculous. It's, yeah. And people just go, yeah, I'm going to do that. But it's totally not aligned with someone's responsibilities and their commitments. So they start it and then they feel like shit, shit because they can't complete it. Yeah, yeah. They can't stick with it. So whether you're, I call them a data, an organizer or a ponderer. So a data is someone who's up and out within 30 minutes. Like they don't hang around. They're 
yeah. gone. You've got an organizer, which is like that kind of 30 to 60 minutes, like from the minute they wake up until, until they get, until they get gone. And then you've got the guys who are, you know, like somewhere in 90 minutes and, and each person within them has opportunities to kind of shoehorn something in for yourself, some sort of well-being. And people will think, well, hang on a minute, how can I look after myself, do some sort of proactive, intentional well-being when I'm up and out within 30 minutes and I've got commitments? Well, I'm pretty sure everybody brushes their teeth most day, every day. Like the vast majority of people have a shower. There's absolutely no reason why we can't be intentional about those activities and like almost ground ourselves doing those things. There's no reason why we can't put some sort of uh, background noise or music on. There's no reason why we can't have our cup of coffee and do some intentional breath work. Like there is always an opportunity to kind of shoehorn some, some work in. Um, and that's when we come back to the question about work, it, it's tough, but you've got to find a way to do it. It's a little bit like physical training. If you don't actually find some time to do some physical activity, then it's not going to happen. It doesn't just, just work on its own. If you want to improve your circumstance, you've got to put the work in. Um, but but I've, I've gone round the houses with my morning routine. I've done just about anything and everything there is, there is to try. But the things that really resonate with me are, are I'll wake up now. Um, at the moment, I'm doing some sort of affirmations, which is a... Um, actually a 10 minute recording of me speaking a bunch of sentences about what, what do you mean Josh? Uh, I am calm, I am patient, I am um, I'm needed, I'm wanted, I'm loved, I am um, what's the other one? Something about I, I'm dedicated, with my, I'm disciplined with my tasks because I'm a ter- terrible procrastinator uh, and, and just sim- sentences similar to those like big profound things that maybe resonate with you maybe that show up in in the things that trigger you and challenge you and i've recorded myself saying them just on a voice note on my phone and then every morning before bed and using that kind of subconscious window first thing in the morning and last thing at night i'll just press play and that'll be the first thing i do so the subconscious thing in the morning when you're waking up you're saying the subconscious is still open yeah yeah. you still you know talk to me a little bit about that mate it's just free it's just free programming it's just easy it's 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 a way to get your subconscious brain which is always running it's always soaking up like every single piece of stimulus that's been thrown at us but in the morning it's particularly open to influence you're kind of still in the dream state where it's still open yeah, it's that it's that phase between like being asleep and kind of going about your business on the day like like my brain wakes up real quick so i'm almost like bing yeah. I've got a really small window to roll over, press play, and then stay with it, and try to then focus on every single word I'm saying within. It's my own voice, so that resonates really well with 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 us. We don't know the difference between someone else saying it and ourselves, so it's a really really powerful way to 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 tap in and get that subconscious brain to actually do some work for us proactively and us to program it. Um, we've got to kind of unlearn a lot of things that have happened to us in our pasts and we've been programmed towards through childhood relationships, trauma, all these sorts of things. So it's a real opportunity and, and one that we don't really tap into enough. So that subconscious window is something that I really try and utilize and I would always encourage everybody to. Uh, and the affirmations is a dead simple way to do that. 10, ten minutes, um, just about every day for me. And I'm, I'm probably an organizer, so somewhere between that like 60, 60, 
zero to 60 minutes up and out the door. Um, then I will do some sort of breath work depending on how what, what I want. So if I've got a little bit more time, I'll do a longer one. So that'll be... Um, that would be kind of some sort of regulator. I just pick off YouTube. There's a really good YouTube channel which I use, and I, I like the guy. He resonates with me. What the way he's saying, so I just stick with his stuff. What's his? What's that called? I only know him as Sandy. If anyone yeah. wants to check, just put. Yeah, in I think Sandy. I'm not breathing. Sandy, the longer. Sandy breathwork. He's always got no top on. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, he's yeah. he's happy. He's got a nice sounding voice. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, hey, sounds cool. Oh, yeah. We'd have we'd have a nice chat. Yeah, he's breathed with Sandy the YouTube channel. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. Breathe with Sandy. Type that yeah, in. Yeah. So I. I choose which one so it's either a morning one which would be like um, in so what are your thoughts on doing sort of holotropic breathing in the morning yeah fine whatever on. works for any yeah, body like whatever fine. works it depends. for you you need time and if you do that type you, you need to have a bit of time after to yeah. get yourself Regulate back to a level your, state yeah, yeah because it is it is a stressor so get yourself back to a level state um, I, and I do that when I have a bit more time so if I've got a long block mm. then and no kind of commitments, then that's what I'll do. Um, and it's if I've got less 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 time, then I'll do a shorter one. But I, I kind of really like the ones that have two speeds, to so like a in through the nose, belly, chest, alkaline. Yeah, and then and then I'd go, and then it would go like double speed, and yeah. then there's a hold. Yeah. So I do really well off the holds um, and build up. So a short one would be like this morning's was like one thirty holds, and then the long ones would be like three minutes. But that takes up to like um, twenty five minutes to get into, and you've got to go through a process for that. And then occasionally, if I just want a total reset, I'll go with like a thirty five forty minute one, um, not hold because yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, I'll be brown yeah, bread, yeah, no, yeah, but yeah. like a thirty five yeah, forty yeah. minute session, which is which is great, um, and. But one thing I really what I always tell people about a morning routine is, like, I got stuck big time once when I had a three part routine and I had some meditations in there. I had some reading. I had like just about like three or four bits to it. And one day I didn't set my alarm, and I woke up and I was in an absolute pickle. Like I, I just had to rush out the house, straight straight in the straight in the car and bomb it straight to work. I got to work and I was a mess. I'm really missing the fact I've not done it because yeah. I have no agility in my morning routine. Agility, not like oh, I'm nimble, I can change direction. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, what happens if you can't do it? I've got, a, I've got a kid as well. So, as a single dad, like, if he comes in the room and I'm halfway through my breathing and he pokes me because he wants to get up and play, that's it, done. So I can't have my day in my morning be sidetracked by doing or not doing my morning routine. Yeah. So that was a real good cue for me. To a say, lot of people beat themselves up, don't they, about sure. not being able to get to the gym or not like achieving these things in the morning. It's just, it's just pressure. It's, it's it's unnecessary pressure. And even when when he did that or when he does that, because he still does it regularly, there's always a way. If I'm going to have a shower, then I'll do something in the shower, or I'll, I'll turn the shower onto cold, or just have a cold shower. If I'm going to brush my teeth, I'll change hands and I'll concentrate on count strokes of how many times I brush my teeth I'll do something yeah. to pull myself back in Yeah. so there's always something you can do but that, that whole derailing my day and the only way I got it back on track was doing some sort of exercise incidentally like derailing my day was just really kind of shook me a little bit that I needed that and I'd re become so reliant on that that my day wasn't functioning in the same way it's just yeah. can't be like that so build in some agility based on, you know, the situations that, that can and do show up. So 
it's that consistency in it. There's no point having a morning routine if you're not going to carry on with it. So you've got to do what really works for you. Yeah, you do. Absolutely. And I think that's critical. But equally, that's a bit, it is a bit like saying you miss, you, you want to go to the gym every day of the year, but you miss two days in one in January the 2nd or January the 1st. You miss January the 1st. You don't just wipe out the whole rest of the year. Yeah. And, and you miss a day in like November, you don't just throw the whole year out the window. Oh, it's all screwed. Like, yeah, oh, yeah, damn yeah. it. I've fluffed it already. I've Why do people started. do that to themselves? I just think we just put so much pressure. It's unrealistic expectations. Like, expectations are an absolute killer. Um, expecting something of us that's totally unrealistic and not. There's a really cool phrase that I heard, which is. Are they trying to prove something to themselves or other people? Probably a bit of both. Yeah. I think we just set these crazy goals and most people don't stick to their news resolutions most people don't stick to their goals and targets um why, why not just start super simple and just say i, I want to get up and, and go to the gym once a week yeah and, and, and i want to or i want to do something at home and just build into it do you and, call it a routine or do you say these are the habits that i've got or say this is my plan what's what's how, how do you phrase that I don't. I do just. Not. I don't. I just say. You don't put a label on it. I just like what because everyone says, "Oh, it's a morning routine," and I'm like, "What do you call brushing your teeth? Yeah, what do you call having yeah. breakfast? It's just yeah. you just do it. Like coffees, you have a coffee. You don't have a coffee. You get in the car. You, you do the same things. It's, if you put a label on it, then it's. If you want to put a label, do. If you don't, you don't. But it's. I just think we just overcomplicate things. Like, yeah. I think there's simplifiers and complicators. And or I'm a simplifier, or simpleton, but essentially I just try and keep everything as simple as possible and remove barriers to doing something. Yeah, so everyone, there is a thing going around. You know, what's your morning routine? What's your morning routine? And it's like become a, I don't know, it's like a masculine ego thing of my morning routine. I'm just like yeah, seventeen steps. Yeah, and it takes me four hours. Like, All right, cool, good for yeah, you. Yeah, but no, so if it doesn't, yeah. like what worked for Harry doesn't work for Barry. So. You've got to find what works for you and, and, and enjoy going in some on some sort of explorative, curious journey with it and just figuring out what works for you. Yeah, and why are you doing it in the first place? Yeah, but under, understanding like what you're going to get out of the, the breathwork, different types, what you might get out of um, some sort of cold water, what you get out of journaling, what you get out of it, like and, and engage with those feelings so you can understand. I'm all for giving people the tools and understanding how to use them. So... A lot of people, I've got a lot of clients I work with from business and coaches as well who are kind of wanting to look after themselves, create a little bit more sustainability, mm. understand some of their habits, behaviours, relationship with stress and pressure. And uh, we just talk about the, the types of things that they like to do, what, what they want to do, but then just trying to really dig in and sort of understand why. What do you feel you're going to get out of that? What, yeah. What's the reason behind that? Like I had a guy who said he wants he wants to retire at fifty. And I said, why do you want to retire at fifty? Well, you know, I want to be able to set my kids up and then have a comfortable life. What what is it you have to give up, or at the expense of, in order to achieve that goal? And is what you're doing the pathway that you're on the the right way to do it? And reverse engineer it all the way back to your daily habits and behaviours. And then he, he kind of went through that process, and he's like, yeah. Firstly, there's absolutely zero chance I'm retiring at 50 with what I'm doing right now, financially. Okay. Uh, secondly, 
the amount of time and money uh, sorry the amount of time and energy I'd have to put into that would take me away from what it what I've got in front of me right now so essentially I'll be living my life for the future and I'm just sat here in silence as he's kind of talking this stuff out loud and yeah no, it's beautiful isn't it when you do that yeah just keep just, asking them why questions yeah yeah like the, what you said about the onion why 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 just keep getting right down to that hardcore mm. mm. and like you say you get to that dark core and then another fucking layer happens and you're just like not again we'll but, start for another one but the thing is like so many of us don't ask yeah. those questions or we don't go down it's not that we don't go down the rabbit hole but we don't know how to and we're not it's uncomfortable it's yeah. so uncomfortable it's just you unleash another layer you're just like Jesus Christ like we, we go again yeah. we've just done this yeah. but each time you do it you, you, it's almost like you can't see it until something big happens like I had this super proud moment about losing my laptop so it didn't hit me like out the blue like a punch in the face it was more of a wow like you've I, I was on a night flight as well so I hadn't slept so that's like I was super everything in that situation was charged I was ill and it was yeah a super proud moment to say that like this is a result my reaction to this is a result of all the work that's been done what was just sort of Josh like before all this work were you kind of like a ego gym like yeah it's a it's a tricky one because Stress, the relationship with stress is what I'm kind of really intrigued now by now, and I'm almost quite kind of got to know and like stress. So you're very reactive. I was, uh, I was kind of defined by what I did for a living, and I my my identity was very much tied into being a coach. Right. I, would, I used to describe myself as Mister More and Better. Um, I was obsessive, but not that. You know, like that wanker statement, like obsession is the word used by the lazy to describe yeah, the dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I, I mean, obsessed to the point where the job that I was doing was impacting every area of my life. I was obsessed by the logo and the badge that I had on my chest. If it was Bradford Bulls or if it was like Special Forces or F2 Motorsport or the team champions or like all this sort of... And I, and I, and I felt like it made me like something special. But... It doesn't doesn't really mean a thing and my kid certainly doesn't give it give two shits whether i work for them he just only really cares whether i'm present and whether i'm with him when i'm with him whether i'm present or not but i wasn't i wasn't present and i, and I was shadow of the person that i knew and liked from years before and I slowly kind of like removed and, and and moved away from that person who i kind of knew and quite liked he was all right he was a good guy and it's just taken time to get back to that and I just got to a point where I'd become like a magnet for drama and like drama and like stress loves drama. So they stick together. And I was this absolute magnet just soaking up drama from everywhere. Um, and my, my, yeah, life was just a mess. It was all over the place. And um, last kind of two years have been the, not awakening, but I got to the point where enough was enough and separated from my boy's mum which was a large source of stress and drama for me um, and went about trying to build a life that I actually want and that's a life I want is to have enough time and money to spend with the people I love doing the things I love and that's all I want um, but you have to build that and you have to create it from 
and you have to look in the right places to build it. If you sat over here trying to create something, but everything you need to, to, to build that is it's over there, then stop looking over there. You have to start looking in the right places. And I just spent so many years looking in the wrong places and getting buried in sport world. So it's a little bit like having an affair at sport. Like you think that it's, it's a bit like a, having a, or, or a drug. Yeah. It, it can be addictive. It can be like you think you're getting great things from it because it's just about giving you enough to feel special and valued and wanted and needed and like you're important. But really, like that is what you've got at home with your actual partner in your family that's what's there not the, the affair or the drugs so just just being able to identify and kind of detach myself from that and, and understand that it's not all about sport and, and it's been pretty revelationary for me really and has that just been a really long process of like you sitting with yourself ask, asking the questions no I I we mentioned Kev, uh, Kev O'Neill. So I, I yeah. shout out to Kev. Yeah, big shout out to and uh, big shout out to Steph as well. Yeah, um, Steph, shout out to all Steph. Um, we went to a session with Kev together, and then I went back to to a session with Kev, and we. I've done other bits and pieces, but I, a lot of the stuff I just did for myself. I just I just went down a pathway and I stuck with it, and I did twenty one days of this guy's type of meditations or thinking way of thinking applying morning yeah. and night morning and night in the day breath work like just hours a day but could also do it within the confines of what i was doing on a day-to-day -day basis um but i was also teaching these things to people as well and i just started to look back i thought well, what is it i learned with the military guys what, what was i delivering to them what was I? What did I then go and deliver to the Formula Two, Formula Three racing drivers, and all around like on the circuit? Why don't I just super zoom in on those tactics and strategies, pick two or three, and just go hard at them, like really, really hard, and just hold myself accountable? And um, yeah, I, I another massive thing which which I had to create was self compassion. That that didn't exist. I was just. I would never speak to another person how I would always speak to myself and treat myself. So that that journey towards like liking slash loving yourself, which people talk about a lot, is a journey. Um, people just put it out there, love yourself, but like to really do that, it's, yeah, well, it's look, awful. If, if, if everyone's like totally honest with themselves, anyone who's listened to this, like how many people can actually hand on heart say that they, they love themselves? And I think it'd be very few. Hmm. And it, because it takes a lot yeah to, truly love yourself yeah. yeah and it takes a lot of work I mean I don't I'm now getting to the point where I'm starting to like myself but like it takes so long and it sounds it sounds it might sound uh, a bit silly to say that but when we zoom when we actually sit back and think do I what is it I do like about myself why hmm and there'll be some people going yeah actually not so keen but maybe that's the point maybe that's the point to start doing having a look at some of the work that can be done it's not a judgmental thing. It's just, it's almost like waking up. It's like I started seeing things in color and behind, behind you, I could see all the color. And it's like for, for years, I couldn't, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't have felt like I could see that color. And it's kind of like seeing everything in black and white. Yeah. And then slowly you start to awaken. I remember so many instances where I'm like, wow, is this, is this what things can be like? Is this what, is this what like, 
you know, presence feels like? Is this what presence with my kid feels like? Is this what my love feels like? Is this what, how a collaboration conversation is supposed to be? Wow. So self-compassion, vulnerability was huge, like actually put the story out there. So hopefully other people can listen and, and listen in and say, wow, this guy burnt out or this guy had a, a tough period of time where he had to double down and, and do all this work on self to try and build a life he wants. He exited here, he did all this. And yeah, it's, I'm hoping that telling the story just hope, helps, helps a few people along the way. Um, and certainly a lot of the people I talk to are kind of understanding how to look after themselves a little bit better. I spent years and years not not putting everyone else's well-being before my own. So I have to unlearn that and then relearn something else. So. What's the common factor that you keep see cropping up with people that you're working with? Is, is there one thing that you, can, you, can, you keep seeing over and over again that people aren't doing? Yeah, two things really. It's it's um, a lack of understanding of self and almost like what you what you want and why and who you are. Um, so most people haven't stripped things back and haven't gone and done any sort of work on understanding that who they are and what they want and what's the life they want to lead. So I've got another document which I give give out to the people I work with and to to anybody really. It's um, I call it a career crossroads document, but you can take the career off that and just call it a crossroads. So it's what do you actually want now and next? And what do you definitely not want now and next? Personally and professionally. And then you don't have to know that I want to be working for Man United as the kit man or I want to be, you know, a tree planter in the, the Amazon. But you have to know the types of things personally and professionally that you want and don't want now and next. Like, I want to be free on weekends. I don't want to work evenings. I want to have enough money to go on holiday twice a year. Like, these things that you think, yeah, I know that I want that. And then you can start making your decisions in line with that and helping and supporting people on that process to truly understand self and see where they are now. Um, Is it strange that I find that strange that people don't ask them questions? I don't know, maybe it's just me because I do, I do that quite a bit, but... I feel I feel a bit sad that people don't do that for themselves. Yeah, everybody's got their own path and journey. We've yeah. all been exposed but to But do they things. actually ask themselves that question out aloud? Or are they, is it just there? You know what I mean? I'd be surprised if there wasn't, there wasn't people, like the vast majority of people that are doing that in their head yeah. and they're not speaking about it. And blokes are, are probably... Well, it's a generalisation. I've never been yeah. a woman, so I wouldn't know. Yeah. Uh, but essentially, like, what do I actually truly want? And can I articulate that? Yeah. And can I, do I know that that's what I want? Why do I want it? And how am I going to build that? So once you have that understanding, it's then, again, that phrase reverse engineering, breaking it down and breaking it into small parts down to macro level, down to daily Powerful, aren't they? Tasks. It's really powerful. Yeah. It's tough. Yeah. And and if people don't know, then that's absolutely fine. But what I would say is just start, get a blank piece of paper and just start asking some questions. What, what do I actually want? And then see what you write down and then just, just quiz it. Why? What type of people do you work with then? Do you, can you, do you work with anybody? Yeah. So I've got, um, I've got 
partner work with some partners at global corporates um, I work with a lot of coaches I work with some team managers um, and people from the motorsport world uh, I work with consultants in the financial industry so all sorts of different people um, I think people in sport resonate to my background because yeah. I, I've been there and done yeah, it yeah, and then yeah. I've experienced the highest highs lowest lows that you can in that field. would you describe yourself as a life coach what is that the, I know it's a bit of a um, I don't want to label you but it, it is literally you're giving people life skills aren't you all, all I want for people and anyone can put whatever label they want on me all I yeah. want for people is to understand how how to how stress and pressure is showing up in their life and how they can take a little bit more control of that um, and I want people to I want to help and give people the skills to prioritize their own well-being so that they can show up as a person that they want to be for their friends family job everything um, and I want to try and change a few myths and misconceptions around this work-life harmony which is essentially the more focus you place outside of your job and your work the the more abundance progression and growth you're going to experience in work and helping people and showing people what that actually can look like yeah. um, and simplifying it down to the absolute base level it's like here's a bunch of options that we can do in the morning or you can do in the morning and the evening what resonates with you what do you want to try here is a bunch of stress management tactics how do you feel about these try them for a week let's get back in touch and let's see how you get on with those here's a bunch of different perspectives around boundaries and work-life harmony here's a bunch of different thoughts and ideas around burnout prevention and, and where you're at right now here's a bunch of ideas around identity and seeing what it is you actually want to achieve so I, I don't really know what I am just a dude, just a dude who wants to help people <laughs> I don't know what the slogan is it's like helper I'm a helper it is literally a life coach isn't it but I just again it's just like it's been tainted with things it's like you know, you see a lot of life coaches who haven't actually been through a life yet. I, like. I, I don't know. For, for me, like, I've, I've sat back and there's always this, like, massive, like, everyone gets it. There's not a person who does It's so hard, mate, because you have got to market yourself and you, you've got to, you know, it, it, people have got to find you. So I don't know if the people who really need you are looking for performance coach, they're actually looking for a life coach, mm. are the ones that really, really need your help. Mm. But it's, again, you know, it's an hard one, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's tough. Um... I step back and I think everybody gets this like kind of self-belief issue sometimes when they're like, well, what have I got to offer? And I've had conversations with people before and they're like, are you serious? Like you've worked with some of the highest performers on the planet. And, yeah. and during that military role, I actually lived with retired SF operators. And I think at one point I was sat in a room and there was like 57 years worth of like tier one talking like, you know, top, top boys. Um, 57 years of experience and I'm sat there like Shit. and we're having a, yeah I, I, imposter syndrome going yeah, absolutely yeah, yeah, wild yeah. but what? What, and I'm thinking <laughs> and I'm telling these stories to people yeah, like, yeah. I'm telling these stories to people and they're like what do you mean you haven't got anything to offer yeah. and, I'm, and then I take some of those things into motorsport and I help set up the programs and Olympic sport pro sport like bullying burnout uh, identity tied up in jobs like all these, all these huge, huge challenges, and um, people say, well, "What do you mean you've got nothing to offer? You should probably have a look at that." Okay, 
and then I just start working with some people and and then it's just morphed into into what I do now um, which is where the real passion for me lies it's it's just helping people and, and I really get a buzz from it and, and just giving people a different perspective it's, it's great what's one of the things that have really one sort of story that that's really always stayed with you from the people that I help yeah, and work anybody. with yeah hard to say yeah I'm just trying to figure out what would be the most most appropriate one um, I had lots of people from the military setting and the, the recruits who were going through the pipeline so they go through 8 weeks 10 weeks 12 weeks physical training with us work on some of the physical skills and mental skills and then they're going into the selection process which is the most savage like disgraceful 21 days you can imagine of restricted calorie intake and restricted sleep to stress inoculation is to put them under so much stress that they crumble through mental weakness, not physical, and just to mount on that stress and pressure, 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 pressure. And they, they a couple of the, one of the recruits afterwards, he, he got through and he qualified and he said, if it wasn't for some of the, the conversations that we had around stress management and, and compartmentalizing what stress is and, and some of the small um, the small bits of work then he, he would have never got through and that, that always kind of really really sat well with me I, I would like the fact that I've helped that guy to achieve what he'd always dreamt of doing um, I'm a tiny little Peter Cog in that machine but like that's what he decided he wanted to do um, I also had quite recently somebody not apply for a job um, sorry not accept a job that was 45% more than he was already on because it didn't align with his values, um, which is big. Um, it didn't, it wasn't, go, it wasn't in line with what the, the path that he's on. Wow. I've had, um, that's amazing, not mate. <laughs> I just thought, yeah, this is a proud moment yeah. that he's, he's made that decision. He's come to it for himself. I had, um, another dude have people shouting at him for like quite recently actually hour and a half shouting at him about something that he like some situation he was involved in at work and he was able to control himself and not react to it yeah, yeah respond and not react um, big mate in it mm. not reacting oh it's massive but yeah. the re reaction like for me like i can i can talk, I'll talk for myself here now reaction is massively entwined with emotion yeah. And every single reaction I've had that's formed from an emotion, like has an emotion attached to it, has never served me, ever. Yeah. So actually doing what I need to do, which is detach myself from the emotion and do the work to lower my stress like threshold, my, my set point, yeah. get that lower. And also, like example I always give is like, imagine if it like eight out of 10 is when you lose your shit. Like, like all bets are off. <laughs> Tables are flying, teas oh, everywhere. Like you imagine, like eight out of ten is when you could just go. Yeah. Life is stressful. We always walk around at like I don't know anywhere from like a two to a four, two to a five, depending on what we have going on in our lives. But we want to get that as low as we possibly can, so it's close to like a two. We need stress in our life; it's an important part of our life. Otherwise, we get bored, we get disengaged, and we, yeah. we just lose interest. So we want to get that five down to a two, so that you've got from two to an eight before you absolutely lose your head because 
the long the, the more numbers you have to climb through, the longer it's going to take to get there. Most people don't go from a two to an eight to an eight that quickly, and the quicker you can come back down as well. So throughout the day, we we go up and down, up and down, up and down. But we don't want to go up and down to an eight. We want to go. I don't know, two to six, two to six, two to four, two to five, two to six, and be able to come up and down and use these tactics to stop stress compounding and turn it into this like big ass transformer. Like just imagine sticking all the different parts onto a transformer and it becomes something monster that you can't yeah. control. That's when it becomes intolerable. And that's, that's the sort of stuff that I really like, helping people to avoid that compounding and releasing it like, like, a, like the pressure valve, turning it throughout the day and the tips and strategies for that. So you're going from two to six, two to six, and it's just compounding. No, that's, I mean, it's, that's natural, but yeah. you need, to get from the six back down to the two, you need some sort of intervention. And it might be, okay, let's go. Okay. It might be as simple as that. It might be go for a cup of tea. It might be go to the toilet and, I don't know, do some mindful peeing or something like that. Right, right. Just take yourself out of the situation. Yeah, well, you don't have to remove yourself. You just, you just need to, not react in a way that's not going to serve you so you don't you can't always remove yourself like if you ask me something and i'm like right now i'm not going to say i'll just nip to the toilet i've got to do something right now in this moment to bring myself down if i'm like right i'm getting to a seven eight year i need to do something in the moment to get myself back down so that might be one of the strategies it might be like releasing wherever the stress is being held um but the compounding takes place when you don't put that mini intervention in during the day, no, okay. during in the moment. Right. So put the interventions in place that work in the in the moment. Then get to the end of the day, you need something like medium level. So I call it micro, meso, macro. So the meso might be a daily or like within a week. So a daily might be the the recovery strategies are important as the stress. So the recovery is I'm switching off, like intentional switch off phone gone, connection. I'm reading, I'm journaling, I'm having a connected conversation with my partner, I'm having some physical contact, I'm not going straight for a screen, or if I want to go for a screen, I'm going to, but that's not going to be my go-to switch off. I'm not reaching for the unhealthy habit that I've got into with the booze, with the, with the screens, with the scrolling. Yeah. I'm going to do something which I know I need to, which is going to reset me. Same as an athlete intentionally recovering. An athlete doesn't recover by going and from a, from a day's run by going and having another run in the evening they, they sleep they rest they recover set their sleep up for success like all these tiny little things that's the micro and the meso level like to reset themselves so that they go to the next day at a two again not they go in at a three or a four because then they don't have as far to go with their four three six three six three six right, four right, six right, four right. six four six and then the macro is the holidays like wouldn't it be great if we could all get stressed and then go on the beach to the bahamas and chill like every two three days <laughs> well we can't can we so booking in those breaks and those big switch offs and then being real strict with like the actual switching off during those times that's the kind of three-part strategy micro and macro for managing and dealing with that stress i suppose yeah the just intentional about it yeah reacting to things that trigger you though that, that, that are from trauma that's really the yeah. Where, where it's at in it yeah, and, I, and yeah. you know what I, I try to when something's triggering now kind of leave it and I go right you need to ask yourself a question there why that triggered you huh. and that's what I try and do in the morning is ask myself that question why did that trigger you huh. well, why did you feel like that well why do you think that felt like that well where that and just kind of go down that like, well oh, fuck <laughs> mm. yeah 
I think sometimes that I, I wholeheartedly agree and I do that I, I do that process as well but we can get caught up in just always wanting to understand why yeah and we can get caught up in thinking about trying to figure something out rather than just actually cracking on a living and just accepting like, oh, that's just the way it is like I, it gets me because of that but more often than not it's going to be connected to the same sorts of things yeah and it might be that you can do that like for example i can do that process really quick now and i can go through that and understand like yeah it's because of that all right well do you want to talk about that later like almost a conversation yeah, no that. not really okay cool crack on with your day as opposed to or yeah. i'll go and write it down so instead of having this massive dialogue with myself about it i'll write it down and I'll look at the notes in my phone because I might be on the move and say, right, well, I'll write something down on paper about that. And then I'll look at what my triggers were or what, what like, got in my head. And I think, okay, I'm going to pick two of those and I'm going to write until I can't write anymore on what those two things are. And then I'm going to rip the page out and tear it up and I'm going to throw it in the bin. And I do this all the time. It's, br- it's brilliant. It's almost like... I set it on fire, like... Yeah, and, and set it set it on fire, rip it up, throw it in the bin, whatever it is you want to do. I, I not I often serve you anymore. That. I often do this on planes. Well, I have to because I ain't got a laptop now. But <laughs> before like writing it out, going and going and going and going and going and going and going, and going and exercising the chimp, getting it all out, and then it's gone. And then I'm like, wow. I feel about a stone lighter. My shoulders are back. Everything's down, relaxed, and cool and chilled. It's just it's amazing. It's just really powerful stuff. Um, and I think sometimes that's almost a healthier way than keep going, why, 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 why? Because the why is always always wanting to understand something and as opposed to just accepting that is the way it is. And every time we go down the why route, we open it up again to, to help it heal, but we always open it up. Yeah. The journaling and the writing things down is a really simple non-judgmental like way to respond to that trigger um and we use i use a phrase like taxi rank so put it in the taxi rank and that appeases my brain like if i'm losing my head about something i'm like well right now i can't respond to that i can't react to that because i'm I'm not i've got stuff to do i'm with my boy i've got or i've i'm at work so I'll taxi rank it. What do you mean, taxi rank it? Put it to the put it in the taxi rank, and you wait your turn, and then you just put it to the back, like a list of things. It's like a to do list, but I actually say, oh, I'm taxi, I'm taxi ranking that, and in the taxi rank, all the cars are queued up, and each car is like something you want to think about, a process, a problem, an issue. And by the time you actually get round to thinking about what's in your taxi rank, like half the half the cars are gone. Like they're not important anymore. But it's not what you deal with right now, but you're appeasing yourself by saying, I'll deal with that later or put it in the bank, something like that. Um, and it just calms the kind of inner voice, the, the inner dialogue, the, mon- the inner monologue. And um, it's a really kind of effective way to not allow things to compound. And compounding is, is so huge. I, I started to think about it recently. It's like tax, I've never thought of it compounding, but, but you're tax, absolutely right. Tax and interest is what I'm thinking about. Yeah. Right? I, I literally had this thought the other day, and I'll, I'll write something about it at some point. Tax tax and interest. What's the tax? Everything has a tax, and everything yeah. potentially has interest. So the, the questions that you have in the morning that you ask yourself, there's, there's a tax on it. 
which is probably the time and the, the mental energy and the emotion that's required to get, mm. to get into that. And then the interest is, is what you'll get out of it, like healing that wound a little bit more, like a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. So that compounding interest that you're getting off doing yeah, it's that, that is huge. Yeah. But would, with the tax and interest, do they level out? Yeah. Like is what you're getting worth the yeah. input? Very cool. And it could be anything relating to your well-being. It's a nice way of putting that in it. I really like that. But it, work, I, I, it works with anything. And again, I'm kind of thinking about this as I'm going, but think about like a sauna, think about a steam room, think about an ice bath, think about what costs time, what costs money. And actually, when we think of self-care, like the vast majority doesn't cost a great deal and it isn't that time intensive. The vast majority of the most impactful work, uh, it doesn't cost that much yeah. time or money. But it's not the sexy stuff down there, is it? That sitting in silence, that deep like introspection, yeah, yeah, the journaling, yeah. Yeah. like it's not sexy, is it? Yeah. We, we want to go. This on Instagram, I'm going to sit quiet. Yeah. I'll put this on Instagram, me sitting quiet. Yeah. I'll be writing in a book. It's, just, it's not yeah, sexy. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. sell. But the like one big phrase, I think it's Cypher J. Shetty or Mel Robbins or somebody like that it said that the 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 work that we really need to do is the work we're avoiding. And it's true. It's, it's really true. Um, yeah. Yeah, and it's just like, what is the work? You know what I mean? It's like, I always thought the gym called Walk and Breathing was the work. And then when I did more of the looking inwards, I thought, no, this is the work. Because mm-hmm. this is horrible. Because yeah. I, I don't want to do this. Mm-hmm. I can go to gym. It's piss. Easy. It's cold water. It's easy. It, 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 you know what? It's, it's hard to make... Uh, it's getting harder and harder to make a healthy decision and choice these days. It's getting harder and harder. Like, so we're so distracted. I'm a nightmare for distraction, procrastination. Yeah. We get so distracted and so, like, dopamine sensors are all mashed up. My own nightmare yeah. stuff's always giving me grief about it. Yeah. Um, and that's the easy win. We don't like being uncomfortable. Yeah, I mean, I, I get sort of them hits from the gym. I get them hits from breathing. I get them hits from what's it, but I don't get them hits from fucking sitting in silence or writing down. No. So I'm like, why would I do them? I'm not really getting any, you know, intentional right there and then what's it? But that's the instant gratification thing, isn't it? Yeah, and yeah, it's, yeah. Like, it sucks. Yeah, yeah it <laughs> sucks. It's yeah, really. long. And like you said, the onion's a really nice one. The sort of, somebody said it the other day about like um, peel it, feel it and heal it. Um, mm. And doing that, yeah. that onion work is fucking minging. And just as you think you'd finished it, Okay, now again, I'm going again. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. And and what a lot of people don't tell you is that on that path and journey, you actually have to shed a lot of people and relationships and um, yeah. uh, jobs potentially, environments, situations that are no longer serving you because you've moved, you're not the same anymore. And it's really tough to, and then you have conversations and but Steph said to me one time when we are in the car, sometimes she feels like she's in a parallel universe. And I'm like, get off your pedestal, love. Like, what are you on about? Honest health queens, what she calls herself, isn't it? And, and I just think, it took me literally 18 months to wrap my head around that. I literally just went, what? But what she, what she actually meant by that is that when you've gone through and not necessarily come out the other side, but when you've got real clarity on who you are 
you've got clarity on your purpose you've yeah. got clarity on like what, what your vision and your mission and yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah and not in all areas of life but like you've got a lot of understanding of self then you don't you don't resonate as much with other people who aren't a prepared to do it or b have done it the work they'll just rather moan and bitch about their lives not being where they want them to be um and I can totally understand what she's saying though. Yeah. Um, not because I'm out the other side, it's always, it's always a process, but like imagine a journey. Yeah. Like someone can be further along than another yeah. person. Um, yeah, it's an interesting one. I, I'm, I'm a massive one, like I don't ever want to do it on my own. So this is why this has been so hard, like these last few couple of years, it's been, been brutal because I've had to do it alone. And I'll be saying to her, oh, can you just help me? Can you tell me this? Can you can you help me on the next step? What should I do here? What should I do there? She's like, no. Nope. You've got to figure it out. You've got to do it yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And finally, you get there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was, I was on the wrong path for a while, me, in, me, in the 20s, but like once I changed paths, you know, I see so many people on the wrong path and they're, they're walking it with these people they should be walking on. But once they jump from that path to the path that they should be on that journey and the purpose, it's, it's like a total different person. Mm. Just like, you just leave all these people behind. Yeah, you, you do. It's, it's, purpose is a tricky one for, for me at the moment. Um, and I'm always cautious with, because there is like a big like drive in society from lots of people. Both, both people who put out great content on social media and, and the influencers who are always talking about like purpose and values and vision. I don't know what my purpose is right now, but I'm absolutely all right with that. I made my peace with it because what I do know is that right now what I have and what I can attach myself to is big enough. But you, you don't now. know what your purpose is? No. Come on, Josh. No. Your purpose is to heal people. A, mi- a million percent. Well, well, you've told me them two stories, your eyes lit up. The purpose is already there within you. I don't think you've ever... But the, 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 the point is that it's somewhere around there. Yeah. It's to he- I, I, I like to help. I, like, I love to help people. Yeah, yeah. It brings something to me. But There's a heal or help then. You said heal, but yeah, heal or help. It's, it's something, but around that area. Yeah. But because I can't articulate it in a very short, sharp sentence... For me, it's not, it's not there. No, okay. And I'm absolutely all right with that. But what I do know right now is that my kind of overarching goal is to build a life, that, build a career that fits into the life I want to lead. Would it not be helping people find their purpose? Would that not be your purpose? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. I might steal that. Yeah, it's yours. It's yeah. That, I think that's why you've been... I think you, I think you knew that. I think you already knew that. You just don't. I don't think you've maybe thought about it as much as you I've think. Not, I've had. It's a powerful purpose, mate, to help people find theirs. To be to be honest, and it sounds it might sound stupid, but I've been too busy doing. Yeah. I've been too busy focusing on trying to build a life that I want to lead, and I've been too busy, which is anchored to having enough time and money to spend with the people I love doing the things I love. Mate, that story you told me about that guy refusing 45% more wage because it didn't align with his values. Holy shit. I know what that means. Mm. I know what that means to say that. And that is powerful. And you giving him that. Yeah, I don't know. I just see it as like I'm a... 
I feel like a steering wheel. And, and, and a steering wheel just points people in the right direction. But the other person that you're working with is the whole of the car. And, and they've got to do the work. You're just... Like, you're navigating. You don't, you don't go anywhere if you're a steering wheel and you're not attached to a car that's actually like putting some putting some effort in. So so yeah, you navigate, you can help to build a map, you can you can be a GPS, you can be a steering wheel, but yeah. I, I don't consider myself to be anything more than that. Um, and the purpose It's fucking powerful that mate though. Yeah. Yeah. In it. Without a navigator in your life, without somebody kind of showing you the way, you're lost. I, I like that these what these people are that you're working with are lost. Even though they you know, they're probably powerful figures and stuff like that. Mm. To say no to somebody because it doesn't align with my values is everything. Yeah, I, I like the idea and the, the. I always have this idea of being a translator. Um, actually, I need a translator. I, I don't know if you know. I live in France. My French is awful, so I need a translator by me all the time. But I, I use a translate. I, I think about it as translator because I've got these not this knowledge, these skills, and these experiences from military. I've got them from. F2, F3 motorsport, like one of the guys that I learned so much from is a, a sports psychologist who was working with, he was working with half the F1 grid and like he was applying these strategies that we've just spoken about in a slightly different manner to that group of people and people can't, you can't rip off those things from military and drop them into your life, it doesn't work yeah. because they have to they're protecting people for a living. That's what they do. And that it's, you can't take one thing from there and apply it. Yeah. Plug, it's not plug and play. That's why you need the translator in the middle. You need the person that can say, here's the concept, here's how they use it, here's how you can and should use it, mm-hmm. and here's what you should leave behind. And like one of their mantras, which, which people get stuck on, is this um, mission team self. Is, is one of the special forces mantras mission team self and they're like I had that drilled into me so hard when I was over there three and a half years even with the guys I lived with mission team self like all the time look like in the real life that does it sorry doesn't work in real life in in real life and in sport and military is probably the only place it does in it, as I think through it's probably the only place it does where yeah. The, what you're actually doing because sometimes it can be hundreds of tens of thousands millions of lives that you're, you're saving and that's why that's more important than yours and the rest of your team yeah. I get that but when you're not dealing with life and death like that it's self team mission you look after yourself you prioritise your own well-being you do what you need to do to become elite and to be a high performer because that will facilitate the team and you're a part of the team therefore you will raise the standard of the team from there, the team, the mission will take care of itself. If the elements of the team are all doing what they should to the level that they should be doing it, the mission takes care of itself, which often in sports, winning and losing, or creating a legacy in your life that's showing up and being the person that you want to be on a daily, weekly, monthly basis. What would happen for somebody who focused so much on the mission? Same thing that happened to me. Burnout. You, you, you... So focused on the outcome, you're so focused on... You don't enjoy the ride. You lose life. I can't remember anything positive happening in my life between the ages, my social life between 26 and 31 because I was so head down all that mattered was work. I would Not because there weren't good things happening but I can't remember them because I was never present even when I was there. Yeah. I was so engaged and so focused on work. I would refuse to do anything on a Saturday 
night socially so that I would be fresh on Sunday to ready to go to work on Monday which only left the Friday that I would ever do anything and I would not finish work until 8-ish on a Friday it's some strange life choices that I made back then but I wish in lots of ways that and part of what I do is help people to understand that's not the only way to do it you can actually have balance in there and create some sustainability because what I did is not sustainable and hence the reason I'm no longer pursuing that pathway as much so or, or I will be transitioning out that trans- that transitioning out now what what does the future look like for Career Blueprint and Josh what's your so a lot of what I do is is with um, like I say in the corporate space so I work in a lot one to one at the moment and I'm speaking with I've got loads of different programs that, that I'm running which apply a lot of these skills everything we've just been talking about to bring into the corporate space for organisations for organisations to empower their staff for organisational leaders to understand how to not only support themselves but to protect their staff and nurture their talent essentially how to look after them we get so many people who are on that trajectory that just like rapid rise and they're just yes people they go 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 promotion 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 this person's a superstar bang they're going to drop off yeah they're going to drop off because possibly they've got no boundaries they're going to drop off because they aren't processing and releasing some of that stress and pressure so a lot of the work i do would be around that um i've also got a group of people called that i call the corporate avengers so which is a group of practitioners from predominantly sport world so i've got f1 performance coaches i've got um, I've got people who worked with England rugby, pro football, motorsport, military, like retired Navy SEALs, um, lecturers of, of psychology that I've brought together to deliver a product and a service to organisations around how to look after and protect your, your staff, uh, your staff's well-being, how to manage the stresses and pressures that you're under whilst there's a massive part that you say just you say to organisations or just control the workload and it stems from the top it does stem from the top but there's often a lot that can't be done from what is sent from the top down which is why some of that work needs to be done at the top to figure out if there is a better way to do it but it's also why the individuals on the ground need to be given the skills to be able to cope and manage and the managers need to be able to know how to support their team of talented people so that's essentially the work I do and then within that, there's a lot of that one-to-one work, which is the, the, the work that digs deep and helps to kind of really go into a, on a bespoke level what, what an individual needs in order to become high-performing. That might be high-performance means something different to, to someone else, um, to, to everybody, but it might be to hit their targets, get promoted to... And in order to do that, they need to rest more effectively. They need to have some boundaries. They need to process stress more effectively in a helpful way. That might be what they need to do. So the strategies are similar. Yeah. Or it might be someone who's like really, really struggling to not get emotional, who's bringing their baggage to work, who can't separate these two things, which stress is just everywhere. They can't switch off. They're bringing everything home. Um, it can be all of these different different areas um, 
so many people that just need the support, especially in a corporate space, yeah. massive organizations. And it's, sometimes it's too little, too late. And um, then the organizations sit up and think, wow, like, yes. why did we not do anything about this? Because yeah. you're not doing it in a way that's resonating with the people on the ground. And, and that's what I'm looking to, looking to try and do. How can someone get older, Josh? How can someone get older these little workbooks and stuff like that as well that you put out? Yeah, well, I'll send I'll send them all over to you. Yeah, with the links. Um, and I've also got um, I'm a little bit more proactive on LinkedIn now than the other channels. Um, so just my name, Josh Fletcher, on LinkedIn. Be the one with the goofy profile picture. Um, and uh, I also use social media a little bit as well. Not yeah. too much. Um, Instagram is uh, at Career Blueprint. And then Twitter is at Coach Blueprint because Career Blueprint was taken. <laughs> Josh, thank you so much for your time, pleasure. mate. My pleasure. It's been really valuable, mate. I really valuable. It. I'm going to be fucking like this all the time. <laughs> <I'm gonna laughs> thank you, mate. Thanks for listening, everybody. Goodbye. with the best.